0: Hey guys, this is Hiccup from the future, and I'm doing this really quick before the podcast episode starts because uh, I fucked up and didn't realize that my mic wasn't properly set up and chosen on the on Audacity to record my voice. So for like the first, I want to say like 15 minutes or 15 to like 17 minutes of the actual podcast, the audio sounds really like uh muffled it it doesn't sound as good it sounds like some of the older stuff before I got the mic just because uh it was recording off the speak the microphone from the actual computer rather than my microphone uh I notice it because I check throughout uh the podcast like when I'm recording like time to time I just stop and just listen through to make sure everything's cool and I noticed that and I didn't want to go back and restart the 17 minutes just because Eh, I was already in it, and I was already into it, and we were in the middle of the whole Yu Yu Hakusho retrospective part, so I didn't want to have to stop and redo it. I feel like I wouldn't have as much feeling put into it as I normally do. So just, heads up, the audio's gonna sound a little ick for like the first 15 minutes or so, but once you hit, well, with this added on, so once the podcast starts, it's like 17 minutes of that, so you can fast forward ahead um i think it'll be like 20 minutes in and it should be good i acknowledge it during that point too recording this is just me like a few days later uh while i'm editing a little bit just putting this up to let you guys know sorry about that okay enjoy (laughs) uh excuse the anxiety okay uh look you got me thinking if it was really worth it Putting in all of this effort just to end up blessed and perfect But on our great defenses something used for our protection Or are they just another way to force out imperfections I guess I'm just effective pointed in the wrong direction The library in my head is one fucked up selection Now children pay attention and you'll receive attention Cause after this I'll ask you an array of questions A simple poster is just another ban Another campaign slogan making unique blander in the taste of my mouth, isn't making it any better. Bit of sweetness of arguments and cold December weather, but any who, who am I, who are you, and if we're on the subject matter, what the fuck you're gonna do? Cause when the shit hits the fan, are you going to take a stand? I prefer if you stay put, keep on holding my hand. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to another week of the 40S Fridays quarantine podcast, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I've been stuck inside forever now, this shit is annoying. But this is episode 38 38 it is 38 I made sure I checked before I started recording and I still forget I always forget Let me now I'm gonna fucking (laughs) Now I'm like questioning my my own memory Um let me double check This is indeed episode 38, because last week was episode Jesus, dude. Okay, uh, this is episode 38, Uh, I'm back downstairs in the living room again, but uh, hopefully everything sounds a little better this time, but again, sorry for any background noise you may hear, hopefully the background music can kind of like, muffle it out, because I'm closest to the mic, so you'll be able to hear me and less of like, the background noises that get accidentally caught in the audio from like outside and upstairs i think it's easiest in my room i just i should just try to set up my closet like a space in my closet to like sit down and record in just so i can get the least amount of but then my neighbors are kind of like loud sometimes and you can hear it against the wall on the other side i'll figure it out i'll figure it out (laughs) but um anywho guys uh welcome back to another week hope everyone's still you know chilling healthy staying indoors so we can be over this and go back to normal life i have worked a total of four hours in like the last two weeks i think so yeah your boy broke um but but i got i got enough money saved up to be aight so it's all good uh at the same time though uh i've i've been managing to use my free time properly i've been you know working on uh comic book stuff and i'm thinking of me and uh my illustrator my buddy johnny are thinking of uh making kind of like a tabletop esque game based around the the story of another random tale so the game with uh the theme being another random tale pretty much i've been working on some basic stuff here and there so you know since i've been at home usually most of the time i, I have like plenty of time to work on that, figure that stuff out, been working on some music stuff, I got my, uh, my good friend, uh, he's gonna send me some recordings of him playing guitar, certain shit, so we can, uh, get things going and work on that stuff too, you know, might as well, and, uh, mainly been, I've caught up on shows, uh, I finished, um, I, It Invaded, uh, maybe I'll, I'll talk about that, I wonder, I still have to have, watch the the last episodes that drop from uh inspector and keep your hands off izokin we still haven't talked about keep your hands off izokin i uh i think what i'll probably do is i don't know i think episode 11 is the newest episode of inspector so depending on how long how long that season is whether it be like th- uh, a 13 episode kind of season or a 26 because it invaded was 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 13 i they just aired their last episode, um, a few days ago, whether that be the last episode for this season, I don't know if they'll make another season or not, uh, that show's alright. I'll probably talk about that in in Inspector, within, like, the same podcast, just kind of back-to-back, because I I like those shows a lot, keep your hands off Ezokin, it'll probably get its own, like, podcast episode, though, because I really love that show, uh, I was gonna watch that and Inspector the other day, but, um, I couldn't get on my, Xbox Live keeps going down, so I couldn't get on Crunchyroll. And, um, I could go on my PlayStation and do it, but then there's the fact that, you know, my brother uses the PlayStation a lot, and also I have to log into Crunchyroll account on that. It's a lot of steps that I feel like going through, so I'll probably just eventually just sit down and watch it on my phone, Um, but I gotta watch that, but I, I love that show. That's still probably my favorite show. This year so far. Uh, keep your hands off, okay But we'll, we'll, we'll have podcast episodes for those. But I've also been playing games. I've been playing one game specifically. Uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses. Better late than never that I hopped on that. That game is fucking awesome. And that's pretty much what I'm gonna... I'm gonna be talking about... Sorry. Uh, I got over my cough and stuff, but now my nose is like... <laughs> It's because I had a bunch of coffee and, like, food just now, so it's, like, bleh, everywhere, all over the place. But, um, I'm gonna be talking about mainly part one of Golden Deer House. Because that's all I've completed so far. I'm, I'm, like, I think I just got to chapter 16 in Verdant Wind for the part two of the Golden Deer House. But, um, I'll talk about that once I finish that whole, like, second half. But I'll go over the first part, like part one, pretty much, and my thoughts and how I feel about the game and all that good stuff. But, uh, some quickie things, uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons released, and I feel like it released at the perfect time, because (laughs) since people are in quarantine, they've been finding things to preoccupy their time with, especially with New Horizons. Um, I know people have been seeing, like, the stuff on Twitter and on Facebook and stuff of, uh all the cool little QR code downloads for like special little designs for clothes and hats and just other cool shit. Like there was like a design on the ground and it was like the, I believe it was the Street Fighter 2, like the OG Street Fighter 2 character select. (laughs) I was like, yo, that's fucking cool. Like those are, that's, and people are like finding time, ways to hang out with each other through the game. Like people were like just chilling like they normally would, but in Animal Crossing uh people uh hosted like little mock graduations on it uh somebody got married on it (laughs) they had to cancel their wedding due to the whole quarantine thing so they just did a little cute wedding in animal crossing i thought that shit was really neat so yes the savior has come at the right time i do not have new horizons i'll probably get it sooner or later but i have so many games i'm about to play like even when i finish this first route of uh, fire emblem i still have technically three other routes because i i know that the black eagle route splits into two routes i don't know what the thing about that is but one of my friends let me know it's like yeah uh you kind of have another option in the black eagle route i won't tell you but it kind of splits into two depending on where you go so i know there's in the part i know part one is white clouds always and then part two, depending on your house, if you're Golden Deer, you get Verdon Wind. If you're Blue Lion, you get Azure something. And if you're Black Eagle, you get Crimson Flower or Silver Snow or something like that. I don't know the exact details. I just know the rap names. I haven't been spoiled on the details yet. Thankfully, I haven't been spoiled on any plot details of three houses, which I think is awesome. Um... I don't know what Silver Snow infers or implies. Maybe it has something to do with the church. But uh, I clearly understand Verdant when goes with Golden Deer because I'm playing that. Crimson Flower clearly goes with Black Eagle. And then the Auger clearly goes with Blue Lions. Duh. But um, so yeah, there's that. And I was playing the DLC. I'll talk about that in a second. But yeah, I've been mainly playing that. And then Final Fantasy VII Remake is, is very close. It is... It's the 25th we got a couple more weeks um so i'm i'm gonna be on that and then persona 5 royale i'll probably play after so i still got plenty of routes to play my whole plan for three houses is i'm gonna play golden deer then i'm gonna play blue lion then i'm gonna play the black eagles for their routes and then once i've done all the routes i'm gonna try to do like a fifth like final like playthrough But just kind of like my ideal playthrough of like recruiting everyone i want to recruit and doing that and which house i want to pick i love the golden deers but i don't know if they're gonna be like my final choice for a house when i do that like kind of true playthrough thing for me uh i still have to play the other two houses and see how i feel about it first but yeah that's 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 my whole plan um and then dude final fantasy VII remake i'm so excited (laughs) As, as of now, still, um, Square Enix has confirmed that uh, the remake is still releasing on April 10th, so there have been no delays. There might be problems with, like, shipments, depending on what happens with this whole uh, virus situation, but um, I, might, I might get it digital. I know GameStop is still certain GameStops are still doing curbside pickup. So it is possible to get a physical copy. Like, you can just order it on the phone, go down to GameStop, and like they'll just hand it to you outside of the store. Cause I kinda want that case. Like, I'm not usually the type of person who cares about digital digital or physical. I'll get one or the other. It doesn't really matter to me. Whatever happens, happens. But with remake, since FF7 holds like a really special place in my heart as one of my all-time favorite games, and the reason why I got into, like, RPGs and storytelling, I, I kind of want that case, (laughs) like, (laughs) just to, just to have that, just like, oh, that's, that's neat as fuck, I kind of want that steelbook, so uh, I'll, I'll see what I, what happens, Amazon's still shipping it, they said it's still shipping by April 10th, so maybe I'll just, maybe I'll just order it on Amazon and, and have it brought to me, so I don't even have to leave the house, I don't know, but, I'm hyped for that. Doom Eternal also came out. I've been hearing I've been hearing good things about Doom Eternal. I think it's the fact that Animal Crossing is so relaxing, it works out better for a quarantine thing than Doom Eternal while we're seeing more memes about it, but I heard Doom Eternal slaps. So that's good. In the first the 2016 Doom was fucking awesome, so I kind of expected that. Um uh, what else is going on? I haven't had my ear to the ground on like news just because i've been chilling playing games (laughs) so if anything else pops to mind i'll probably like sidetrack myself into a conversation about it but uh let's just move into the uu Show review our retrospective and then we'll talk about um uh white clouds for the golden deer house and three houses so for the uu retrospective episode 11 it is hard fights for Yusuke because this is a Yusuke double feature fight episode. Uh, so, when we last left off last week, we had done the first three fights of the quarterfinals for Genkaiza uh, successor tournament kind of thing. And the first match, we had Kazamaru go up against Kuroda, and Kuroda got fucking completely obliterated in the darkness by a blast of energy. Uh, we had. Kuobara go up against what's his name uh musashi yeah the sword the sword dude where my 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 guy my the the goat that is Kuobara, awakened his uh, legendary spirit sword and just one shot obliterated musashi <laughs> and then uh third match we had Shoren versus I know his name now because they said it at the end of the last episode about all the people that have lost on the tour of it so far. Chinpo. Fuck Chinpo. I don't care about him, but that's his name. Uh, he got beaten by Shuren, a.k.a. Rando, which they finally find out is Rando at the end of this this uh, episode, episode 11. And then we left off with Yusuke getting his ass beat by uh, Kibano in the final quarterfinal match. Uh, both of them have abysmal spiritual awareness, so they weren't able to really see each other in the dark <coughs> Excuse me or sense each other for that matter However, Kibano had a special little helmet He made that cuts off his five senses and pretty much ha- enhances his spiritual awareness So he doesn't need those senses because he can always fill out Yusuke's crazy amount of energy <laughs> So, it leaves off exactly where it was, Yusuke's getting beat up, trying to figure out a way to, you know, move in and get the clean shot on Kibano, and they don't really know exactly what they sh- should do, uh, Kuwabara, I, when I say they, I mean, like, Kuobara, Botan, you know, the onlookers, they're kinda watching out, feeling out the fight, like, what should we do? What could what he do? Like, Kuwabara's, you know, yelling his, like, you're a Yurameshi, you gotta win! So he's Yusuke doesn't know what to do, he feels kind of stuck, and then uh, Genkai mentions that though Kibano has his little spirit senses helmet, all his other senses are still cut off, so if Yusuke could only see, he'd be able to take the advantage because uh, according to Genkai, Kibano doesn't notice that Yusuke's energy is rising in response to desperation in the fight. So, Yusuke then gets a little idea in his head. They don't tell you what it is, but he kind of thinks, like, if only I can, you know, get in close enough to, to pull it off. So, Kipano then pops up out of the shadows, hits Yusuke in the face with, like, a hard right. Yusuke grabs his arm and locks him in. And he's like, look, now I'm going to break your arm. So, now it's close quarters combat. So, it doesn't matter if he can see or not. In his head, he can take him on because they're now, like, in contact kimono shuts that shit down real quick <laughs> Kimano hits him with uh, another one of the greatly named og dub moves the bonsai missile <laughs> or the bonsai of the, i'm pretty sure he called it the bonsai missile and they show like the official japanese translation in the subtitles which i very much appreciate i think it's called like cutting th- throwing whirlwind or something like that but I guess, you know, that doesn't translate well in the English. That sounds weird. So they were like, yeah, bonsai missile. Why not? Bonsai throw. It pretty much, it, this, we're supposed to believe this is a real move. I, bullshit. <laughs> he, he picks Yusuke up and spins, holds him up in the air over his head, spins him around, and then throws him like he's a fucking torpedo. <laughs> and Yusuke spins into the ground. He looks like, um... He looks like uh, Kiba's tunneling thing (laughs) from Naruto. You know how they, like, spiral around? That's how he made Yusuke look as Yusuke smacks into the ground, I'm pretty sure, back first. So Yusuke should be dead or very much crippled, but that is not the case. (laughs) So bullshit, Kibano. I don't believe that's a real move. He's like, I'm a master of all forms of martial arts. And then whirls this nigga (laughs) around the rope. Like, not even just, like, an over-the-shoulder kind of, like, what a little twist throw. It was, like, he held him above his head and spun him around a good six times. And then threw this. <laughs> like a slingshot. Like, it was it was ridiculous. But Yusuke then gets up again. Barely standing, though. He looks, you know, a little weak in the knees, struggling to stand up. And Kibano hides in the darkness again. Flexes out his disgusting muscles for another... Or another finishing blow. Hides in the dark. Yusuke's waiting to feel him out. And then you can hear the, the little sound effect of the spear gun charging up. Inkibano Kibano mistakes Yusuke charging up for him shaking or trembling. He can like... He's like, I can feel you trembling. And then he comes out from the dark to punch him. And Yusuke turns around point blank. Shoots Homeboy in the face. It was dope. So I hate my life. <laughs> I just realized that I was not, uh, my, my microphone, for some reason, wasn't automatically set to be used to record, so I've been recording off whatever speaker the computer has, because I was playing it back to, like, listen to it really quick, and I was like, yo, why does this shit sound like that? Because my mic wasn't set for some reason. I don't understand why it wasn't. Usually, when I plug it in, it just, and open up, uh, Audacity, it just, automatically sets the microphone up as the used to record but for some reason it didn't now Ugh, we're just gonna have to roll with it i don't it's been like 20 minutes i could like re-record it but i don't want to re-record it this <laughs> is just, just a heads up for the sudden jump change in audio oh man just suck <laughs> anyway uca got his ass thrown into the ground and then uh kibano where was i the whole kibano running up and hitting him with a trying to hit him with the final punch yes then he he thought yusuke was trembling yusuke's like i'm not trembling i'm powering up boom shoots him with the spirit gun point blank blows the helmet off his head knocks him into the ground and kibano is defeated and kibano's kind of shook by this he's like H- how how you do that how you how you know i was coming from that direction the lit cigarette the the epic foreshadowing when uh genkai threw the cigarette at yusuke before the match started it missed and bounced into the darkness of where they were fighting so yusuke had saw it at one point it was like if i can get close enough i can probably slip this on him because it was still lit which he did when kibano ran up and yusuke grabbed his arm when Kibano was busy trying to, you know, pick him up and THROW him, Uh, Yusuke slid it under his little, you know, belt. So then Yusuke just had to wait to see that light. And boom! Sam coming in the darkness, shot him. So... <laughs> Kibano's like, Man, what the fuck? This nigga won out of pure luck! <laughs> but passes out. Y- uh, Genkai declares Yusuke the victor. Koemba has a nice little sigh of relief, I'm sure. And we immediately are moving into the semifinals. Uh, only two suspects left. We have Kazumaru, Kazumaru and Shorin. Now, if you watch Yu show, you already know Shorin. But still, <laughs> there's two suspects left as they move on to the semifinals, in which Genkai informs Yusuke that he will immediately be fighting again against Kazumaru in the first match of the semis. And Yusuke's not cool with this. He almost got completely broken apart. Dealing with Kibano and he already has to fight again plus he already fired his spirit gun which he can only shoot Once a day at this point. He's not trained enough to shoot it multiple times yet. Not yet. Not just yet Uh, so They move on into the next field for the the remaining fights which is this weird-looking swamp kind of battlefield and you like people that are super spiritually aware like cool for instance could see the spirits of all these dead warriors there and genkai informs them that it's a place where using spirit powers at your full at the fullest is is best because you can kind of gather up more spirit energy around the area due to all-, all the dead warriors being there and such and such so kazumaru's hyped as fuck for this he's like bro i can feel that shit and though yusuke can feel a bit of his energy coming back it's not nearly enough for him to charge up another spirit gun shot, plus he hasn't had time to rest, he immediately has to jump into the next fight, so as that fight's about to start, it cuts to Koema watching in Spirit World, and one of the ogres, you know, it's a little cutaway gag, uh, one of the ogres is like, yo, you got a phone call, and Koama's like, don't bother me right now, and he tries to, you know, fake it off as an answer machine, but, it was, uh, Big Man King Emma also, hashtag fuck King, King Emma <laughs> and my- or, Enma. I think his name is Enma in this. I'm thinking of, uh... Yemma from Dragon Ball. They're based off the same myth. But, um, Yeah, it was King Enma calling him. And then immediately hangs up after that shit, so... Clem is in trouble with that. So we have that whole little light-hearted gag. Right before this... This... I never noticed this before, but watching this episode... This shit made me laugh. Because it goes from that little gag, it cuts from that gag... Back to the fight... And immediately the scene starts off with Kazumara just punching Yusuke like 30 times in the face. Like no, no transition, no warning, just cuts and Yusuke's getting fucking blitzed. <laughs> and I was just like, damn dude, so we just jump right into it. So is too fast and too skilled for Yusuke to land a shot on. So no matter what he does, Kazumaru is just able to avoid it, counter it. Immediately start wailing on them. Yusuke can't do anything about it. He can't fire a spirit gun because he has no spirit energy. (laughs) So, Kuobara, like, Yusuke's getting knocked around. Kuobara shouts, just like, come on, man, just just charge it up in one attack. And Yusuke takes that advice to heart, is able to duck uh, what looks like to be Kazumara's finishing blow, and tries to throw a hard right at him. Right into his, uh, or not a right, it's not even a hard right, it's more like an uppercut. Like he's trying, he, as he's getting up on his feet again to just chin check him. Kazumar manages to dodge it, but the force of the punch, like, scratches his cheek. So Kazuma is like, oh, I should not get near you. So, I think, this made me think, like, the thing I really like about most of the fights in Yu Yu Hakusho, throughout the whole series, are aren't always like as clear cut as it seems it's never just like oh you know this person is just this much powerful than this person of course with the whole Tagoro thing it was mainly all about power but Tagoro was all about power so it was kind of hard to (laughs) speak against that but um for the most part a lot of people won their fights through either like outsmarting their opponent their opponent underestimating them a little tricky technique they had under, uh, you know, under their sleeve to clear for the victory, or a combination of any of those things, which is which happens really often in Yu, Yu show. And it just shows you that sometimes skill just trumps strength. Like Yusuke clearly, from that alone, Kazumaru could already see that in terms of just like physical strength, Yusuke has him beat. Like you, Kazumaru even says if that had hit me, he I would have been finished. And at that point, he had already like laid hundreds of punches probably in the Yusuke at that point. And Yusuke could still one-shot him essentially if he got close enough. So it just shows. But Kazumaru is clearly the more trained fighter. He's a bodyguard. He's a ninja kind of thing going on. It's just like, oof. And then he has that blast of energy he can shoot from his bomb, which is overwhelmingly stronger than the spirit gun. <laughs> So I just, it, it was just something I thought about. I was like, yeah, th- that kind of always happens. It's, uh, and it, it kind of goes like, or in luck too, like a lot of use case fights early on have like this, this, uh, attribute of luck with them for a lot of them, like the whole Goki thing. Um, luckily Karama didn't want to fight him. The whole thing of like, I hope this spirit gun shot bounces off the mirror because Hiei was definitely more powerful than Yusuke, um, at that, at that point, in that, at, in that point in time, uh, what's happening, what happened with Kibano, what's happening with, uh, Kazumaru, all that stuff, a lot of luck plays in the Yusuke's fights, a lot of, uh, underestimating plays in the Kuibara's fights, and then, like, tactics play in the Karamas, and then finally, uh, we have, um, Hie he kind of has, like, a combination of a lot of things, but Hie is just kind of Always usually the one that just be the stronger one that edges out victories. He's just always like, oh, he is too strong. But there are moments where uh you see he win because he busts out a different technique, or the enemy for some reason does underestimate he, which makes no fucking sense. Why would you (laughs) underestimate him? But um I it's a cool little detail I think that Tagashi did a good job at. It wasn't always just like oh, well, I'm just gonna win the fight, and then they just get some random power-up and, and win. A lot of the time, it's like, well, I'm gonna win, and maybe they do get kind of, like, that increase in spirit energy from their determination, like, especially with Yusuke and Kuwabara, but that alone usually never wins them the fight. It's more of, like, okay, I have this kind of, like, adrenaline rush. Let me figure out a way I can still win. <laughs> so, shit like that, but, um... I like that. So Kazama has to train, change up his strategy. So he pulls out uh, some shuriken. Um, I fucking it, like I said. I love the Yu Yu Hakusho dub. I think it's fantastic in terms of like its actual voice acting and voice work. I think they, for the most part, nailed all the characters. Some of it, it's still an older dub though. So like like I said, with a lot of the names, like fucking. Um, big arm bomber and bonsai missile (laughs) and all that shit like some of the name moves are like really fucking stupid but uh i i always hate this thing that dubs do like older dubs it doesn't happen nearly as often now but when they say shit like like in naruto when naruto does his whole little ninja vow and he's like i swear on this kunai knife i'm just like nigga you just said knife twice just say, like that stuff bugs me because it's so unnecessary to be said. And this nigga Kazumaru pulls out Shuriken and is like, Shuriken throwing knives. I'm like, bro, <laughs> just say, just say Shuriken. It always bugs me even though I always know it's coming. I always know it's coming. So it's, it's just like one of those lines where I'm just like, oh God. The 90s were a different fucking time. <laughs> Uncultured as hell, bro. But anyway, he pulls out the sherrykin and throws him at Yusuke. Yusuke doesn't seem very impressed with this shit at all. And he easily dodges them. But then he's uh, quickly notified by Kuwabara and Botan that the sherrykins The shuriken throwing knives <laughs> are coming back around to hit him again. And then Yusuke dodges him again, and he's like, okay, so they're kind of like boomerang knives. And Kazumaru's like, nah, son, it ain't like that at all. So the shurikens, the shuriken throwing knives, uh, essentially lock in on a target's spirit energy. And they will keep spinning through the air and try to hit the target, uh, according to Kazumaro, for up to days. So Yusuke's running around trying to avoid these things. And then he gets the brilliant idea of like, hey, I'll run towards this tree and at the last second jump out of the way. Shurikens get stuck in the tree. We're good. So he succeeds and about maybe like two of them, one or two of them get stuck to the tree. And as he's jumping out of the way, this is another shot that makes me laugh. It's a cool shot, but it's so sudden and without warning, which is the intention. It's supposed to be without warning because you're supposed to be just as shocked as Yusuke is. It just makes me laugh because he's dodging the tree or he's, he, he's jumping out of the way so he doesn't hit the tree. The sherry can stick in as he's in the air. It's kind of like this, this pause in time or like this gap of just like him kind of floating as he dodges. And then the tree just explodes <laughs> just out of fucking nowhere. It just like blows, it blows up and he's like, God, he screams and goes flying. And I don't know why that shit is funny to me. I think it's just the fact that it's so sudden it just out of nowhere like if you're it's your first time watching Yu Yu Hakusho and you've never seen that before like that's that's like it's supposed to shock you but it's just like <laughs> damn <laughs> like shit <laughs> that look like it hurt but but it's a cool shot nonetheless because um just the way it's set up, there's there's no warning that it's going to explode. It's just like, haha, I dodged it. And then all of a sudden, that shit just blows up. So, Yusuke hits the ground. He doesn't get caught in the full explosion, but he was close enough to get, you know, flung into th- flung through the air and hurt. And then Kazumaru's like, yo, <laughs> my bad, bro. I forgot to tell you, there's a gunpowder in the tip of every one of these shuriken. <laughs> and every blade of the shuriken. So even if he has them stick into something else, he's it'll always be too close, and then he'll get caught in the explosion. And if they hit him, then he's getting pierced by Sherry Kid, and then they're gonna blow up and probably rip him to shreds. So Yusuke's just like, "Fuck, dude, I don't, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't know what to do." So Yusuke pulls a, a Kuobara before uh, Kuabara pulled the Kuobara. And I'm not talking about in uh, the whole chapter black thing where Yusuke gives his life. Yusuke was about to go ahead and charge in full force at Kazumaru. So the Shuri kids hit them both at the same time and they both blew up and lost. Because on the because in his head, on the off chance this is Rando, they're fucked. Like if he lives, he's going to win. There's no way they're getting around it. But if he can take them both out and it is rando, that all Kuwabara has to do is beat Sharon, and Kuobara can win the tournament and get his training from Genkai, so then Kuwabara, so Yusuke, like, runs over to Kuobara, says, it's up to you now, then runs towards Kazumaru, Kazumaru is not very phased, and he's like, bro, if you come at me, I'm about to shoot you full force with this cannon of energy in my hand, so he charges it up and aims it, and yusuke looks real determined and as they're about to collide yusuke suddenly vanishes from sight so Kazumar is like where the fuck did this nigga go but his shurikens are still coming straight at him and he's like oh fuck oh fuck oh fuck and he's like trying to hurry up and fire his energy palm blast and then there's like a big explosion right in front of in in that vicinity and afterwards, you can see Kazumura flying out, battered and bruised, and hits the ground. And he's out. He's done. So everyone's like, yo, what the fuck happened? Where did Yusuke go? So Kuwabara and Botan are looking for him. Uh, Kuobara's saying, you know, classic dumb Kuwabara shit. Just like, if he, t- he turn invisible and nobody told me, I'm gonna be mad. And Botan's like, bruh, no. And then just like, well, maybe he just jumped really high and hasn't come down yet. I'm like, this stupid nigga. <laughs> but then they see Yusuke's hand, like, waving from, like, under the waters of one of the little swamp holes. And they pull him out. He's coughing up for, you know, air and stuff. And Kuwabaru's just like, yo, that was actually pretty clever, like, at the last minute, jumping into the swamp to hide from Kazumaru. And, Yusuke was like, I didn't intend for that to happen. I fell. <laughs> like, so that, nigga, that nigga's plan was fully to rush Kazumaru and kind of suicide them both. But he slipped and fell into one of the swamp holes. And the shuriken still came at Kazumaru. Which Genkai explains why the shuriken still kept going towards Kazumaru's direction. It's because since he was charging up all that energy for his little palm spirit cannon attack, the shuriken got attracted to him because they were close enough to fill out his energy over Yusuke's, who fell in the swamp. So, through pure luck, Yusuke managed to have Kazumaru blow himself up, and Yusuke takes the W. And even Yusuke admits that, like, yo, that does kind of seem, like, fucked up and unfair, but then then's like, dude, don't, what? Don't even worry about it. Like, this just makes up for your bad luck in drawing lots and getting back-to-back fights. Yusuke's like, you know what? You are absolutely goddamn right. I did win, didn't I? So Yusuke takes the W. He moves on to the finals. But that means there's only one potential suspect left who is actually rando because... is rando he would have revealed himself at that point which means Shuren of course is rando uh Yu Yu Hakusho's super old of course we already knew this but I feel like they were kind of trying to hype up if you if it's your first time reading or watching it I still feel like it's very obvious that Shuren is rando or like if you're paying close enough attention at least it's obvious Shuren is rando but it looks like it was intentionally being written to make you think Kazamaru was going to be the big villain, because he seemed to be a threat. He was just as threatening as Kabano. He remarks, "You know, Yusuke only beat Kabano out of luck because of that cigarette, which is fucking facts. It's true. Yusuke gets through the, all three of his fights in this tournament through sheer fucking luck, <laughs> um, which is which I love. I like love that about the show. I love that it's not like some ass pull kind of power up thing." And you can get into the debate of, like, the Mazaku stuff from Chapter Black, whether that be at aspol or not. I think it's, uh, actually, as far as retcons go, that's, like, one of the best retcons I've ever seen, personally, for me. <laughs> but, uh, we'll get to that when we get to that. But in the case of, especially a lot of the earlier fights, like the Season 1 and Season 2 stuff, the way the fights are written are so well executed, it's not like, oh, bullshit, he won that fight because of that. It's like oh okay like even Kuabara's fights like when he gets his wins he earns his wins it's just like that was actually clever or like they actually underestimated Kuabara. like things like that when Kurama wins it's because he was playing you the whole fight in order to win when yusuke wins it's a combination of him being incredibly naturally talented but also luck is played into is factored into those fights which sometimes plays in his favor and gives him the edge to to win. It, and then Hiei is just Hiei. <laughs> is just always getting stronger. Hiei takes the straight, like, raw power out. But it's never bullshit, is what I'm saying. Like, all their power-ups are, like, earned. They make sense. All their tactics make sense. It fits with the characters. And I think Tagashi does, like, a really brilliant job writing fights because I never felt like someone winning or losing a fight was like bullshit i mean personally you might feel that way like with like with kuwabara losing the rinku like he only lost because rinku tied him up outside of the ring because rinku didn't want to fight anymore like rinku was like critically injured had that fight continued i fully this isn't me being a kuwabara stan or anything i fully believe had both of them got back in the ring after that exchange kuwabara would have won Kuwabara got up, like, he wasn't even, like, phased after that cl- that final collision with them. And Rinku had, like, a hole in his stomach trying to heal himself. He did not want to fight anymore. <laughs> like, even when coolbar technically lost the match to count countout, he was like, nah, bullshit, we not done. And he was ready to keep fighting, so I'm like... N-. My feelings towards my favorite character aside, coolbar would have won that fight. But it makes sense why that stuff happens. It's not like, ah, what an ass pull. I've never felt that way about... Yu Yu Hakusho fights, honestly. Now, you may disagree with me, but that's personally how I feel. I think when it comes to, like, fights, Tagashi is one of the best when it comes to writing fights. Maybe not, like, choreography 100%. A lot of the later fights, I'd say the choreography is fucking brilliant for his fights. The early stuff is very, like, classic shonen back-and-forth kind of thing. But when you get to, like, the Four Saint Beast and Tarukane Stronghold... It gets better. The dark tournament fights are awesome, and the 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 actual like major fights Chapter Black has, especially in terms of the anime, are beautiful. Um, but when it comes to actually like writing the the plot for a fight and like the background for a fight and the factors that take place that take that take place <laughs> that take place in a fight, I think Togashi is fucking masterful at it because i never feel like and that was kind of weak i always feel like okay yeah like that makes sense like point a from point b to point c to whatever throughout a fight it always flows correctly like you can always in your head picture these characters taking the actions they're taking to win or lose or whatever happens so uh my gushing towards Tegashi being an incredible writer aside. Um, uh, this episode is great. It, it just piggybacks and follows up off the whole uh, last episode with the tournament. I believe, like, these are some of the best episodes in Season 1. Um, I definitely think. The whole, like, starting from the, the Final 8 with the Genkai Tournament thing. So, last episode, this episode, and I believe the next two episodes it goes on for two or three episodes pretty much the the final eight tournament like the genkai tournament some of the best fights in episodes in season one hands down uh the only thing i like well i can't even say that because then i was gonna say and then the four saint Beast is really good And re- i feel like once you get to the genkai tournament fights that's when like it really sets off like I already, Like I said, I'm already pulled into the story of you, Yu Hakusho. I got pulled in really easily because I think it's written really well. Um, even when the early episodes when there's no fighting. But now I'm roped into the story. So now once you get to the Genkai tournament stuff, it's just fights, fights, fights. From like then until the end of the series. And the fights are fantastic. So it's just like, this is where it sets off. Where you're just like, woo! Alright, let's go. And it only took like... Nine, ten episodes is not a lot. Especially since there are fights before that still, too. It's just the fact that, like, these episodes... The series really starts to kick off from there and for the rest of it. So, I think this is just a fantastic section of episodes as a whole. Like, the anime did a good job making this arc. Like I said, the only thing I nitpicked is the whole... Next time on Yu Yu Hakusho, we clearly see Yusuke winning against they 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 tell you Yusuke beats Kibano somehow they don't tell you but they tell you so but that's a nitpick about the next time kind of trailer things all in all I really like these episodes as you can clearly tell but uh moving on from that I want to talk about Fire Emblem Three Houses before I wrap everything up um earlier podcasts when even before like Pokemon and stuff came out before all those games came out I did a podcast talking, briefly talking about, like, games I was looking forward to. And I mentioned Three Houses. I believe Three Houses came out first out of all that list. All those on the list. I said Three Houses I wanted. I said, um, the new Pokemon. Persona. Uh, remake. There's another one, wasn't there? I believe there were five of them. I don't know why I can't remember the fifth one. I feel like I played it. Oh, How did I forget Dragon Quest Dragon Quest 11 s echoes of an elusive age definitive edition? Uh, one of the greatest games ever made you should play it if you haven't played it. There's a demo on the switch store. It's beautiful It's a fantastic game play it Play Dragon Quest. I will always sing the praises of Dragon Quest, but yeah, I, I said I wanted to get Fire Emblem Three Houses I wanted to get Dragon Quest 11. I wanted to get Pokemon Sword and Shield I wanted to get Persona 5 Royal and I wanted to get the Final Fantasy VII Remake. So now I have three of those five done. Um, Technically two are finished, that being Dragon Quest XI S. I have so much time logged into that world. I love that game and I still have a bunch of stuff to do. It's just the fact that I keep wanting to play other games. I don't wanna continue sitting and doing stuff. So I at least beat main game stuff and do some end game content before I move on to my next game. So, I, I have a bunch of stuff timing put into that. Uh, Pokemon, same thing. I'm getting ready for the expansion to come out in June is when the first expansion comes out, so we're going to be getting into that. And I'm currently in part two of my Fire Emblem Three Houses first route playthrough, uh, my Golden Deer playthrough. And then we're going to do, even though Persona 5 Royale comes out first, it comes out March 31st, it, that shit comes out in, like, five, six days, um, as of this recording, uh, it comes out, this, this would be out on Friday, so it'll be less than that, but then the remake comes out April 10th, and i only gonna have enough time or money to pick one at a time, so I'm gonna play the remake first, just because it's been so long since I played FF7, and the remake is a new experience, then I'll, once I'm done with the remake, I'll go to Royal and do another playthrough of Royal, because I know, I'll probably spend a lot more time in Royal than Remake. Because they said 40-50 hours for Remake. I'm like, okay. So I'll probably spend a little more time than that. Knowing me, I'm slow when it comes to playing RPGs. But I'll do that and then we'll hop on Royal for like however long it takes. But anywho. I'm currently playing Three Houses. Um, I'm glad I finally got to play it. I eventually was going to get it. I said I wanted it in my little top 5 list. Then i was like i don't have time to get it because i can't afford it when it comes out and by the time i probably will be able to buy it pokemon will be about to you know a bunch of shit got in the way and then i told you about the whole walmart thing where uh they had the game on their little online store like the digital code it was the bundle for the game and the expansion patch for like 25 or 35 bucks or something like that and that whole thing where it was actually glitched it wasn't the game plus pass bundle it was just the pass so then they gave me my money they gave everyone their money back but they also let us keep the dlc so for like a couple of months i was sitting on this expansion pass with no game so, <laughs> so i was finally one day uh, a few weeks ago Me and one of my coworkers, one of my buddies, we were at GameStop, and I was like, should I get it? Should I get it? Mm, I don't have the cash for it right now. I was like, I do have my credit card, and I just paid my credit card off. It'd be easy to just pay off 60 bucks, which I've already paid off, too. So it's just like, it was worth it. It was a worthy investment. I questioned myself, but I was like, fuck it, let's do it. So I bought Fire Emblem Three Houses. I do not regret that decision i've been absolutely obsessed with that game since i popped it in and started playing uh currently i just 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 started chapter 16 um but i'm gonna mainly just give my kind of raw random out there crazy thoughts about part one of the golden deer route so part one white cloud so many many Plenty of people have already been played played through three houses multiple times, in fact, at this point. Um, And that first major decision is, what house do you choose first? I really didn't have that problem, just because I have really not seen any gameplay, whether it be, like, little cutscenes for the story uh, or gameplay. I'd seen very little gameplay, and next to no story. So I, I really didn't know... Anything besides what um, the trailers before the game's release would tell you. Like, you know, you you choose a house, you're their teacher, you bond with the students, do little activities at the monastery, go out into battle, do this and that. You know, the basics. And then I knew about the time skip because they were talking about that in the trailers and stuff too. But I didn't know any details leading up to the time skip or anything like that. So... I'm first off. I I want to say I'm surprised that uh, I was able to go this long before playing the game without being spoiled about anything in the game. So that makes my reactions to what happens much more authentic, and I love that shit. Uh, but also, like I was saying, from what I saw and from what I was hearing about certain like characters, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna probably do Claude's route first, <laughs> and. I love Claude, Claude is awesome, alright, Claude is the type of person in real life that would be your best friend that would stick up for you no matter what the circumstances, he's an awesome character, he's also like, probably like, the most tactful character in the game, he is a brilliant tactician and strategist, and he always is able to keep his cool for the most part, and, dude, he's just all around cool, he's dope, he's just fucking, he's, He's a dope character, he's a well written character, he has a l- interesting background, he is the n- heir to House Regan, which is, you know, the head house of the Lester Alliance. I know this might sound like jargon if you haven't played uh, Three Houses and don't know much about the lore, but, quick little breakdown that's not gonna give you every detail, pretty much, there will be spoilers in this too, about the game, so you've been warned. Um, Pretty much, the world of Three Houses takes place on this main, large continent called Fogland. And through Fogland's history and its lore, it has been split into three main territories. That being the Adrastian Empire, which is the oldest standing kind of territory. It was there first, and the other two territories kind of used to sort of be a part of that, at least the the kingdom part. But we have the Adrastian Empire, that's where the Black Eagle House is. And where your house your house leader would be Edelgard. And then you have the Kingdom of Fargus, which broke off from the Empire and became its own thing. And that is uh, for the Blue Lion House. And your house leader for that would be Dimitri. So Edelgard uses axes, Dimitri uses a spear. And then after that, some territories that were owned by the Kingdom of Fargus break out into their own thing and become known as the Luster Alliance. Their house, and they have, um, what is I forget what their leader is called for the alliance. They have the, the Drostian Empire, has Empress, um, Fargus has a king. I forget what the Luster Alliance had, but uh, your house leader is Claude for the Golden Deer house. So that it's cool how the territories are split up and how they have that lore already set. So when the game starts off, you're you pretty much getting your character, you just choose male or female. You can't really do any like character customization in this game, which isn't a big deal at all, honestly. It's just is what it is. It's like, eh. Didn't bother me at all. It just fits better with the story to not have that. Um So you just choose if you want to be a male or female Byleth. Then you choose their name if you don't want to be called Byleth. I named my character (laughs) Kuwabara. Because that's my nigga. And you choose your birthday. And they don't have birthdays like January, February. You know, it's fantasy world. Uh, They're all named after moons based on the lore throughout history and other stuff. Mainly from the Andrastian Empire and the the church of Saros. So you start off, you're in this place, you're talking to this chick that looks like a child but says she's much older than that. She has kind of like these elf ears. And you seem to be linked somehow. You wake up, your dad's talking to you. You're pretty much mercenaries and you're hired to do jobs, the people, dot 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 this and that. And there's a camp nearby with a bunch of students from this uh, officer's academy nearby and they're being attacked and they need help escaping. So you go and help them. And then you're, in, and that's when you're introduced to the three house leaders, Edelgard, Dimitri, and Claude. So pretty much this is your tutorial battle. Uh, Claude uses a bow, by the way. Um, so it teaches you the basics, shows you how to move people around, guest characters, this and that. So then as you help the kids escape, you learn about this thing you can do called... What is it called? Divine Pulse. Pretty much the spirit in your head grants you this power to do this and you can go back in time and fix things that you know not too far back but you know like uh the first example is you're about to die protecting uh, i think you were helping edelgard not get killed and you're about to get stabbed because you flinch in reaction instead of getting ready to defend yourself so when she gives you that power to Divine Pulse back, it's like right before that, and instead of flinching and having your back turned when you're about to get fucking heaved by an axe, you're facing him and you you know counter off. So I was like, oh, that's fucking cool, and they make it a gameplay mechanic. Where pretty much in battles, if especially especially this works if you're playing on classic where there's permadeath, Divine Pulse is probably a godsend for. Punk bitches like me, who play casual, uh, (laughs) there's a... It just helps to... With experience grindings or winning a battle, say you needed that unit to survive or you wanted them to get more experience and you don't want to go back and restart the game to load up the file and start the battle again. You can just Divine Pulse back. And as the game progresses, you get more uses of it per per battle. Like Currently, I think I, I can use that shit like... 13 times in one battle so i'm um, it's kind of a stomp but you know what I, you, you get it and you can go back as many turns as necessary to redo things certain actions still will be executed like they're locked in like say for example a character is to attack another unit and let's say they have a 76 hit let's say they miss and you're like fuck well i don't want them to miss so you divine pulse back that already happened the in terms of like numbers like that and percentages of attacks on the same exact unit if you were to do that again you would still miss just like if you were to crit on a unit and then divine pulse back it, attack that unit again you would crit again it's shit like that divine pulse is for like let's say ooh, i shouldn't have had this person fight this person or, ooh, I shouldn't have left this person here because now they're open to attack or some shit like that. So when you Divine pulls back, you say like, instead of this person fighting this person, uh, this person fight this, you actually have to shift things around for them to be different. So it doesn't promote kind of like cheesing of certain things. So it's something you, you quickly catch on to, but anywho, so you protect them and this Knight Eloise, this jolly fucking fellow, uh pulls up and he's like we're with the church of saros boys so the bandits you know run away and then he recognizes your dad and he's like gerald gerald it's you and and your dad's like oh fuck here we go so your dad has some some past stuff he's he's gonna have to deal with i probably won't get too deep in the spoilers into that in fact no i I, i'm not gonna spoil it until at least i finish the main route i'll try to be tiptoeing around major plot aspects at the very least so you guys end up going with alice that that night i was talking about and the three house leaders claude edelgard and dimitri to garrett Mo- monastery because they're you know traveling back to be safe and you end up at the church and you meet the archbishop uh the archbishop is this woman named lady raya she's pretty much the leader of the church this and that you're talking to her and your dad does not trust her for some reason and they remark that they thought Gerald like died or something happened to him cuz he's been gone from the church since a fire that happened 20 years ago but Aloise said he's known your dad since he was when he was a kid that's when he met him when he was a young boy Aloise and Gerald look about the same age which is weird if Alois met Gerald when he was a kid. And he's like, damn, Gerald, you haven't aged in like 20 years. It's, it's crazy. So it's just like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> so little secrets, little details. And he doesn't trust Rhea, so you automatically have, you know, don't trust the fucking church kind of thing. So they want you to... Pretty much what happens is Rhea wants you to be assigned as a new professor at the school to help with the students since they're impressed... With your skills and work as a mercenary you're the son of gerald who used to be a legendary knight captain of the knights of saros which are the knights of the church of saros and so you have the potential and the skills and Ray's like be a professor here and Ray's little like second in command like little attendant dude said of does not like the idea he doesn't trust you I thought Setup was a douche, but he definitely grew on me throughout the game. Which is what, what what one of my friends said. It's like, dude, just talk to him. He's, deep down, he's a nice dude. And he is. Setup's a cool dude. Uh, it's, it's that bitch, Rhea, I don't trust. But, um, yeah, so your first day, you kind of get to walk around the school. You get to talk to everybody, talk to all the students. Get to know certain details about each of the houses. And then by the end of that, or oh, I meet the other teachers. You meet, uh, Manuela, who is also the nurse at the school and she's you know kind of like a late middle-aged woman uh beautiful lady she used to be an opera singer and she's a drunk who's desperate for a man so it's kind of sad but kind of beautiful (laughs) and then hanneman's the other teacher he studies like crests which are these abilities passed on through bloodlines from different noble families from these ancient heroes of legend a lot of plot stuff it would take me forever to like get into real exact detail about it but you're introduced to him and Hanuman uh Manuel and Hanuman and all that stuff so then finally Rey is like what house do you want to be a part of and then you choose which of the three houses you're with so the cool part about this is that um when you pick a house you're locked into that house so I pick Golden Deer, of course. But of course, this promotes multiple playthroughs to see the story unfold from different perspectives and have different characters and this and that. It is possible to recruit almost everyone to your team in one route. It's very improbable, but it is possible. It's 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 probably not possible on your first playthrough. But by the way, like New Game Plus works, from what I've seen online. It is possible to do it in later playthroughs. It becomes a lot easier. But um, what happens is when you pick your house, like I pick Golden Deer. So automatically the characters I have available to me are the eight characters that are in the Golden Deer house. So Claude, and then you have essentially his like kind of second in command, which is Hilda. And Hilda is like uh, this little pink haired girl. She's very like preppy, but lazy she doesn't like to do a lot of things, she uses her looks and her charms to get other people to do stuff for her, she doesn't actually want to be on the battlefield, she likes to be on the sidelines, even though she's probably one of your most beefy units in Golden Deer House, like she fucking wrecks, she definitely is a warrior route kind of character, swinging a huge ass axe, Uh, but you find out through little story bits and bonding with her that it's actually because she doesn't She's afraid to let people down, so she just wants to not put herself out there at all. So I'm like, oh, Hilda. So, you have Hilda, you have uh, Lorenz, who is, like, this noble from a very distinguished family in the Lester Alliance. He does not like Claude, because Claude is kind of new to the nobility. He's, like, the long-lost heir to House Regan, which is the lead house of the Alliance. So... He's like, yeah. why do you get to be next in line to rule the alliance? It should be me, this and that. And he's he's kind of douchey because y- you kind of think like, oh, he's just, you know, this kind of douchebag noble. But it's more like when you get to know him deep down, he just kind of takes the idea of nobility seriously and he really wants to be a good person and help. You You get to know the characters. Like, I love this group of kids a lot through, through knowing them. Uh, Leone is a commoner girl who got into the school And she is Geralt's first apprentice. And she will never let you forget that she is Geralt's first apprentice. She's just like, Geralt, train me. She's completely obsessed with your father. Like, she met him when she was a kid because him and his mercenary group protected her village one day. And then he, like, taught her some stuff. Which is why she wants to go to the officer academy and then afterwards become a mercenary. She wants to be just like Geralt. So she's cool. Like, when she's not talking about Gerald, she's actually a very nice and interesting character. It's just like, girl, I don't. He's my dad. <laughs> like, I don't care what you have to say. <laughs> but yeah, she's cool. Um, Marianne is depressed. <laughs> Marianne is uh, this blue haired girl in my house. She is completely depressed. She is your white mage. But you can train her up like i eventually made her a dancer so she does like her white magic and uh dancing skills so, and she's also skilled with a sword now too she's she's dope late game like her character development is fucking great i i love marianne a lot uh she she is extremely depressed though she has her reasons to be and she's very shy she doesn't like talking much she doesn't like interacting with people she gets nervous she likes to start, run off from a conversation she doesn't like to help because it's kind of similar to the thing with hilda where she feels like she'll fuck up and make things worse but i think with hilda's case she felt like she didn't want to in a sense live in her older brother's shadow because her older brother's like this great hero so but with marianne she's just scared to mess up and make things worse she's like she puts herself down a lot which is which is sad but as the story progresses you see her smiling more and laughing more and as an adult she still is kind of that character like a little shy and stuff but she definitely is more willing to put herself out there and in change as a person which is great uh Raphael is another commoner he's from a merchant family but he himself even knows that he's not too smart so instead of his parents died in an accident and instead of, like, you know, taking over their business, since he's not intelligent enough to do that, he sold all their valuables to get into the Officers' Academy and become a knight. Because he's a big dude. He's a big, kind of, like, buff, strong dude. So, he's like, I'll be a knight, make money, help my sister and my grandfather out. Which is what he... He's he's dumb, but he, he means well. His heart's in the right place. And he is strong as shit. He wallops people on the battlefield. He is a grappler kind of character. Uh, then you have Ignat's. Ignis I don't want to it sounds like I'm saying Ignis but um he's a little merchant kid too. He's also kind of like a commoner. Uh his family and Raphael's family knew each other so him Raphael and Raphael's little sister all knew each other back when they were kids so they kind of have like this nice little bond. Ignis is becoming a knight because for his family pretty much for family get some more money be successful this and that and that's what they want of him but his true passion is you know painting and art and he wears these glasses he kind of always wants to help and be helpful and likes doing art he's kind of a very kind soft person soft spoken person likes the beauty of the world because he likes you know to paint it and all that and though you all the characters want to push him to being an artist a lot of the time he's like no i gotta be a knight. Pain will probably just remain a hobby. I hope he becomes an artist. I made him an assassin. He's fucking awesome as an assassin. He just looks dope. And he's just a nice, lovable character. And I hope he succeeds in all his dreams. Uh, Lysithia is the youngest character in your house. And the youngest character in the Officer Academy, at least. She is 15 at the start of the game. She is like great at magic especially like kind of the black magic stuff like uh reason is what it's called in here and though she's the youngest she probably is one of the more mature characters in the game she doesn't like being called a little kid she's very smart she's like this natural born prodigy and there's also some mystery going on with her because she has two crests you can kind of learn more about it later and learn more about her health she feels like she's not going to be around very long to be very old and shit like that it's stuff you learn as you actually take the time to bond with her character whether that be with you being by or other characters interacting with her uh she used to annoy the shit out of me at first but uh she definitely grew on me definitely definitely grew on me and that's everyone i believe right because i talked about claude already lorenz raphael ignance hilda uh, leone marianne lysithia yep that's your house but um so you got all those kids. Those those are my personal p- feelings about them just because those are the characters I've interacted with the most. I won't speak about the kids from the other classes too much because I hadn't interacted with them much. But what, I, but what you can do is if you take the time to like bond with the students from other classes and uh, do certain activities and you have certain stats and skills that kind of coincide with their own, you can eventually... Recruit them to join your house that takes effort to do and like I said since you have to have like Certain skills and stuff as well That suit their interest It's you're probably not going to get all of them in one playthrough But you can pick and choose and kind of figure out what they like and get them to join your house But you have to do it all within part one um Because once you get to part two stuff happens and everyone's on different sides depending on their house so you can't um recruit people after that so you have to do it before so if you wanted somebody you better do it in part one you better put in that time and effort to figure it out especially if you're trying to romance people uh (laughs) you got to do it then but um yeah because you will be forced to see them on the battlefield and kill them uh i'm not gonna say who but in chapter 15 i believe yeah the chapter 15 fight there is one of the students uh, that was older they were you know older their adult form because it's a five-year time skip after what happens in chapter 12 goes down um and he was an enemy and i took him out and he's dead <laughs> and i was like, fuck. I felt bad because, like I said, I didn't really bond with the other students too much. I think I'm more going to focus on my own class through my first initial playthroughs of each house. And then, like I said, when I do my true route, I'll try to get as many students and characters as I possibly can on my side. Kind of for like that fina- that uh, finality of that route, so I don't have to kill people. But um, this route, I didn't do that as much. But I did, you know, just by circumstance, raise my support level with this character a good chunk. So I was just like, oh, I actually kind of liked you, dude. I'm sorry. So, so I took them out. <laughs> but um, that's going to be one of the things that's probably going to weigh heavy on people's minds. Like, let's say if you did, you were trying to recruit people and maybe a few of them you didn't get in time for before the time skip. So then you see them on the battlefield. You're going to feel bad because you're probably going to have to kill them. And you know what? I probably could have spared him in that fight. Now that I really think about it. Because the goal was to take out the enemy commander. (laughs) So if I took out the commander, I wouldn't have to kill the person. The fight would just end and maybe they get away or something like that. Or maybe you could spare them and they join the... I don't know. But i didn't intentionally attack him he attacked me and my character countered and killed him <laughs> he attacked claude claude time skip is a godly unit he's just powerful as fuck and he hits crits real heavy so homeboy attacked claude and claude countered and crit shot him like one shot bro one arrow i was like damn <laughs> so i'm it, I guess I won't go out of my way to kill these people. I'll say that much at least. Because it doesn't feel right. Especially for, like, the Golden Deer House, the way I look at those characters. But if they step to me and they get countered and killed, well, oh well, they step to me and got countered and killed. It's not my fault. But <laughs> but I won't go out of my way to attack them unless it's, like, kind of like a victory condition or some shit. So, it is what it is. And this... Because... I'm gonna feel bad when I do the the blue lion and black eagle routes because uh I'm gonna have to kill my kids from the Luster Alliance probably if I don't recruit them. That shit gonna break my heart. Also, there's certain characters. <coughs> Excuse me. You can't recruit depending on what house you pick. Um, like I said, you can recruit the students from other houses if you so choose. But, like, let's say I pick Golden Deer. I can get people, I can get all the students from Black Eagle or Blue Lion except the house leaders because it goes against the plot. So I, like, if I pick Claude's route, I can't recruit Dimitri or Edelgard. If I pick Edelgard, I can't recruit Claude or Dimitri. If I can't, if I pick Dimitri, I can't pick, I can't recruit Edelgard or Claude. You get what I'm saying? Like, you can never do that. Like, you can't recruit them to your cause at that point because they're the house leaders. But you also can't recruit their second in commands. Like they're like little right hand men. So not only could I not recruit Edelgard, I can't recruit Hubert because that's her second in command. It goes against the plot. And with Dimitri, I couldn't recruit, uh, what's his name, Dadoo as well because that's, I think his name is pronounced Dadoo because that's his second in command. With uh, the Golden Deer route, they don't outright say Hilda is Claude's like second in command or right hand men. But she's always kind of there, being there like that. So uh, if you do that, you can't recruit or, uh, Hilda. So there's certain characters you'll never be able to c- recruit if you pick one route over the other. There's Those characters are guaranteed. And then there's certain characters that only join you depending on what house you've picked. Um, and it's later story stuff. Like, I know if you pick the Blue Lion House... That's how you get Gilbert. That's the only way you can get Gilbert to join you. Because that's just how it is. He joins you at the start of Chapter 13, I believe is what I saw them look up. When I was looking up stuff. I didn't try to spoil myself. I was just like, how do you recruit him? Because I I recruited the other Knights of Saros. Um, And with the Knights of Saros and the teachers, your level just has to be high enough. Honestly. Once you're a high enough level, like you're physically strong enough, they'll just join you. So I got... All of them, and Cyril. Cyril is like uh, this little squire under one of the knights, and he's like obsessed with Lady Rhea as well, but he, other than that, he's a very honest, nice kid, you know? and, I, and I like Cyril, so I recruited him. So I got Hanuman, Manuela, uh, Catherine, who I'm romancing this route, uh, Shamir, Alois, uh, Cyril, and then Seth and Flane as well. But yeah, you you can only get Gilbert if you play the Blue Eagles, and then there's this character named Juritza or Juritz. Uh, through a DLC update, he joins your party in the Black Eagle route. He's recruitable. And then for the Golden Deer, you kinda get a character like that named Judith, who just joined up. But Judith isn't playable, which kinda bums me out. Only because they hype Judith up to be like this hero of her like house like this really powerful warrior lady and she looks dope and she seems dope and she's really cool and i like her but you cannot recruit her i looked it up to see if if you could you can't and i was like ah that's kind of whack if if uriza can be recruited through dlc updates they should have a dlc update that lets you have judith that's i'm just saying And uh, Eureka got added as a DLC update for the Black Eagle route due to some story stuff. I won't spoil it. But pretty much, um, for the most part, part one plays the same regardless of house. Just, you know, looking at certain plot aspects from different angles depending on the house, of course. But once you get to chapter 12, something happens and it leads to a big old battle. And then there's a five-year time skip. And then after the fine year time skip you reunite with like your class and whatnot and it is total fucking war (laughs) between like the three like a lot of shit happens somebody does some shit and it leads to full-scale war i won't try to spoil it any further than that so that's just why during the time skip where you're doing the battles then like you'll run into the former students older and you might have to kill them so (laughs) it goes down like that but um as you can see from me talking about all the little details and there's other stuff that i haven't even touched on like the little activities you can do around the monastery to increase bonds and shit like that um part the the white clouds part the part one alone is so much content and like, you still have to do the part twos and then there's still two other routes you have to do after you do your first playthrough and the black eagle route has another split in it <laughs> so So it's just like, fuck, dude. There's a lot of options to choose from. And um, the whole thing with New Game Plus is that a lot of certain aspects carry over and then you can get like this stuff called Renown through doing certain missions and quests and doing other activities. And that stuff, will Renown will carry over and you can use the Renown in New Game Plus to purchase certain things such as boosting certain skill stats earlier uh unlocking certain things earlier shit like that so i'm just like that's super neat which is how recruiting other people and doing other things in the new game plus playthroughs becomes a lot easier which makes it more plausible to be able to recruit as many people as possible in one route but she'll never be able to recruit every single playable character into one route just because like I said, um, some of them are locked through story, like Edelgard to do, Claude, Hilda. Uh, I said Edelgard to do, Edelgard and Hubert, Claude and Hilda, Dimitri and do, Gilbert, uh, you're in They're all locked through certain plot, so you can't have like all those people playable in one in one route together. It, it just won't happen. But. um you get the students which is kind of the main people I would like to save over anything like I want to keep the kid he's safe um but I'll see what happens when I play <coughs> oh my god that was awful I'm sorry I got over my cough but I think I don't know I breathed wrong but like all of a sudden I was just like oh cough <laughs> that, I guess that was just a natural occurrence but um I'll see what happens as I play through the rest of this this run and I'll give like, I think once I, like I said, once I finish the Golden Deer House stuff, like this playthrough, then I'll probably do like a spoiler review kind of retrospective of that house route and talk about it and actually go into more detail about, especially a lot of the spoily stuff. Like, there's some crazy plot twists that just are much better if you play the game, so I highly recommend it. But um, if you don't do that by the time I start talking about Fire Emblem Three Houses again, just be warned, the next time I do talk about Three Houses, I'm probably spoiling shit, so maybe skip that podcast. <laughs> because I will be uh, talking about some major stuff in it. So, a lot of crazy little twists and turns. Also, the DLC. The DLC is great. And it doesn't spoil too much plot. As long as you get to a certain point in the game. i say like... Once you get to like, I I wanna say like chapter six, chapter seven, you can play the DLC comfortably without being spoiled, I think. Um, I would say even like chapter five, maybe. Uh, I haven't finished it yet. I still have to do the last like fight, the very last fight at chapter seven. The DLC is seven chapters. It's a separate side story and continuity from your main game file. And you have like, set characters to play through as through it so um you have Byliff, uh dimitri edelgard claude and then uh hilda ash that's why i liked ash too that's why i liked um, certain characters and i think his name is Lindhart or limbard or something like that and then the the four dlc characters from the, that fourth house and there's certain things that are set and locked in it To make it more challenging. There's things to make... Because the DLC is hard, dude. It's harder than the main game. On normal, at least. I don't know about playing the main game on higher difficulties. But playing the DLC on normal is harder than playing the main game on normal. Like, these... These missions, these battles... Were made to be harder than the main game. That's why they they were released after the fact. Because by the time... If you've already played the game, by the time the DLC comes out, you've already probably played all the routes. So you're more experienced. So I p- played it before I finished Chapter 11. And I was like, oh, I could have played this earlier. It didn't spoil that much. Um, but uh, they're hard. So I just got to do the final boss. I just got tired. And I didn't want to continue fighting the boss because I fucked up. And I was like, oh, I'm going to lose. But uh, And I didn't feel like doing it again. Because some of those missions took some time especially chapter four fuck the chapter four mission in that dlc and i had already done chapter three four five and six that same day so i was just like i'm cool i'll do seven another time probably like either right before i finish my golden deer route or after i'll do that dlc but um it's hard dude it's it's a challenge but it has a nice story i really like the story and i really enjoy the four uh, new characters that become playable in your main game and to unlock them in the main game, when you get chap, when you beat chapter one of the DLC, you unlock a little area in your main game, and you can talk to those students. And to recruit them, you just have to play through the DLC story. So I think like every like two chapters, you get another one of those characters available to be recruited in your main game. So by the time you finish chapter six, all four of them are available to play as. So. You, that that's another reason why I was like I'll take I'll just keep playing the story now too because I have them unlocked. They're fun characters, the special classes are fun, and they do have time skip, uh, update designs so that's awesome too. And they are romanceable as well. So, boom 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 all that shit. But yeah, I'll I'll talk more about that stuff, once I finish at least this first route and that's when we'll get into spoilers. But I'm gonna end the podcast here, just uh. A little rambling thing just talking about what i've been doing and i'm on quarantine while being on like this whole quarantine shit uh hopefully things change up soon hopefully or at the very least i can get some more hours at work <laughs> but i'll keep chilling playing games doing my thing hopefully you guys have uh a nice time doing whatever you're doing during quarantine and uh what we'll we be talking about next week I don't know. We'll find out. But, uh, thanks for listening. Sorry about that first 17 minutes of, uh, awful sounding audio. Um, probably won't go back and edit it. I'll just leave it alone. It's whatever at this point, but, um, thanks for listening guys and I'll catch you next week. Cause I'm just a little lost, keep off topic. And if we're on the topic, then yes, I lost it. Don't worry about me, I'm not sinking. It's just after every thought you got me thinking. And I'm just a little lost, keep off topic. And if we're on the topic, hell yes, I lost it. Don't worry about me, I'm not sinking. It's just after every thought you got me thinking. You got me thinking. You got me thinking. You got me. Ah. You got me. You got me thinking. You got me thinking. You got me. You got me.